Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen, where we aim to create a mental health awareness in the From Kehillah. The number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. Again, we are hoping to get your questions, your comments, feedback, insights that we have that we can help you along to create in the From world a mental health awareness. So the number is one more time, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Now, let's start with an interesting concept, Revenison, that I get often, and this is sort of a difficulty that people just don't understand how or why it works, so I'd like to spend some time discussing it. Many times, especially in couples, where it comes up where there is a spouse that's either more, it's a tougher spouse, and then you have a spouse which is a little gentler or more emotional, what happens is the spouse that is gentler sometimes can get into a rut and then believes that they can't get out of it and there's no way that they're going to be able to change. Now, the reality is that it's not that way. The reality is that when the spouse that's more aware, what would happen is him or her, let's just use, because in the world it's used, the view is sort of more classical, the wife is the one that is less, less assertive. By her changing, by her changing the inner world, and I'm going to focus on this inner world a lot because that is where the change happens. That means by changing the insides, you have a complete change on the outside. Now, there are always exceptions to every rule, so please, let's clarify. If there is a spouse that's really not healthy, that's acting abusively, then no, changing on the inside world is not enough. You also need to change on the outside. But what I find happens is that when a spouse would come to me that there's a certain pain going on, what should they tell the husband or what should they tell the wife? Many times it's not only about telling the husband or the spouse the other one because they're aware of what needs to be told. It's the inner power that's not getting through, and that is what needs to change from the inside. So many times clients come right away, just tell me what to do. The most that we can do is we can validate. We can tell you what people that are stronger what they do, but to tell you what to do, there is no way to tell you how to get stronger on the inside unless you actually get stronger on the inside. I just want to remind the number, so for everyone, please call up. We have now the availability to take your questions or your comment. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And please go ahead, ask your question or your comment. So again now, what we'd like to continue with this concept, because this is a big one, and the concept is as follows, that for us to make changes, if you want someone else to act differently, it's not that much about telling them. It's about feeling the strength within yourself. Having within yourself now a different power, that is a major shift that will then change everything else all over. The number again is 718 718-683-5858. Now, the best that I believe that a person can use is very is having the balance. 
the balance is where sometimes they need to be reminded of the power that they have inside. So, for example, if a spouse will say, let's assume the wife will say, I don't understand, I'm asking my husband to be home and he's not home. Yes, being able to validate and explaining that you have a way you can ask for should be than if it was done correctly and the spouse is not there, what are still, what are choices that's still within your power? The same is when you've got children that aren't listening to you. There are tools that you can do. There are points that you can do. Yes, there is. But at the same time, the real power comes from within. And the classic example that I share all the time is about teachers. We've got, especially in the girls' high schools, where they can have 10, 12 teachers a day with one class, with, sorry, with one teacher of the class can behave excellent, with the other teacher of the class can make trouble, with another class, the, te- the class is very participating, with the other teacher, the classes are scared and they're not participating. It's all about, the not all, it's mostly about the inner strength within the teachers. And the same is with children, at home means to the parents, the same is to spouses, the same is In the military, with certain people, people are going to follow much quicker. With certain ones, they're going to question. And that inner power is possible to be worked on. The number to call up is, again, 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we're going to go to our first caller. Caller, Who's the first caller of Nissen? We'll go to Miss S. Miss S, you're on with Mordecai. Yes, hello. Um, I I stayed up all the way from London, not to ask a question, just to praise your wonderful line. I can't go over it, you know, every night we listen. It's really an awareness, and it's, I don't know, I find it's an eye-opener. Well, thank you. Thank you. That is really special. Yeah. Well, so you listen from the, you listen from England. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it's That's really an wonderful. And you've got such a, the cost that, you know, you do it and you help so many people. I don't know. I think it's wow. wonderful. Wow, thank you. And thank you for staying up at such a late, such a late, such a late hour just to tell me that. I really appreciate that. Okay. But my sister did mention that she wants to ask a question. So I'm going to ask if she still wants to. Hold on. Um, okay, meanwhile, we're going to be discussing, uh, going back to this concept okay, of Okay, so she strength. said, she'll mm-hmm. come back later. Um, she's not available. Very now. good. Excellent. Hatzlacha. Thank, thank you, you so much. Hatzlacha. You're very welcome, and thank you yes. for calling up yes. and for being so brave just to say thank you. Yeah, so, my pleasure. Yeah. Bye. You're welcome. And again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, Now, there's extremely important, extremely important for people to recognize that an inner pain that we have or to get an inner strength, we're not blaming anyone for not having it. We're not telling you that you're not going to get it in the future. What we saying is that it still takes three to six months to build it up. It doesn't just happen in a moment. It doesn't. So unfortunately, generally, when a client in the from world would come to therapy, they want the answer today to a question that they first have to build up their muscles. That means 
they don't have yet the strength how to be the assertive level that they need in different places in their life. So what I usually request is, give us three to six months, but I tell it to everyone, we're talking more like six months, where we can give you a couple of minutes validation or an awareness that we can discuss your options. But the real strength changes comes when you do the inner work, when you can face, where is the inner fear going on? How do you tremble when someone says something? Now, to recognize this power, and it takes that six months to change, people sometimes call up desperate, going, but I need the answer now. And usually with a great care, I try to convey the message of saying, in six months from now, we'll be where we are today. So let's start the process, let's start the time, and with Seattle, we will see big changes. The number to call up is, again, 718-683-5858, Rav Nissen, where do you find or how do you find it that when you at work, let's say, someone can say one concept and another person can say it, and yet people are going to listen to one person over the other? <laughs> it's happened a lot, you know. And especially in the, our profession and every profession, I think that uh, as, as as slick you are and better you are, you can be a better salesperson. <laughs> but uh, this That's is right. but uh, this is something that's really uh, I would say uh, very. I, I I want to say something about the Parashat Shavuah, and then you starting about it. You know, many times, you know, uh, Moshe Rabenu after 120 days in uh, uh, in the mountain, basically 40, 40, 40. And he come to a, a, a point and he asked Shulam Kadosh Baruch Hu, ask him, Im not matzati chen beinecha, or de'eni darkecha. You know, I learned from yeah. this a very, very big le- lesson. You know, many times we want to pleasure others, the other side. We want to be understanding and this talk, talk, express yourself. You know, just show me what is the way. Teach what you what are you expecting, Money? This is the very, very that it's very important for teachers, for spouses, for husband and wife. Because we all always we are in, in a generation, first of all, of assuming. He did it like this, I'm assuming that you're doing like this. You know, so many times people assuming that I'm doing this, you know. People people sign me in under my name because I'm sure as I'm assuming that I'm I'm I wanted, you know. And yeah. this this is something that's very very important to all of us to uh, stop assuming and start to uh, open the ears and open the mouths and just trying to to communicate the right way and very very important you know I see it so many times that uh, assuming and guessing and all this stuff that it's it's not belong to the to us you know especially from families you know or teachers. Don't assume that the kids did like this, or the kids don't assume that the teacher did because. You know, try to understand. Try to open uh, uh, your ears and uh, you open uh, out. Yes. Right. Excellent, and exactly what you're saying about giving giving the process time, and allowing, let's say, our heart or our mind to open up. It's important for us to realize. Part of the main goal is for us to realize that the powers within us, we do have the power to make changes in every area of our lives. It is possible. 
We need to break out of that fear, I can't. We need to break out of that fear that um, I'm broken, that if that person changes, it will change. No, the power is really within us. However, this is the big however, just give us time. Give us time for us to be able to help you make the changes. If someone's living in a program for years, again, the goal and the purpose of this is just to be able to break those denials that I am stuck. I need someone else to make changes for me. No, you don't. You yourself can make the changes, and it will make changes all over. It might be hard, but you will see, Merit Hashem, big changes if that was happens. And, uh, you know, because we are in a generation of everything is supposed to be fast and quick, you know, and this, if the computer is not uh, uh, super fast, it's not, you have to throw it away. And that, or we are disposable, so we have to take it one step backwards and to understand that we, we, have, we need time, you know. Moshe Rabbeinu was 120 days in, the, in between the Kadosh Baruch Hu. How much patience, you know, no food, nothing. Yes. And okay. we also know, I guess, while we're on this topic, that the Medrash always brings down the reason why there's a Samach or those pays between us. He even needed Chazara. Yeah. How many times today we are expecting ourselves to know it perfect, to do it excellent, to do it right at the first shot? And it's not that way. Allow yourself to review it several times, not just once. Yes. The number again to call up. We'd like to get some of your callers for a question or comment. Let's go. Let's get those calls. Okay. We have Mrs. G. If you Mrs. Want. G. G. You're on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Um, first of all, I'm a new listener to your line. I'm amazed. And I yes. gain a lot of information. I wow. want to ask you Thank a question. You. And let me just tell you how brave you um, are. You're the first time calling up, and you're already smart, on the organized. air. That takes a lot of strength. What? Go ahead. I just want to compliment you that you're a new listener, and you're already calling up. That takes yeah, a lot of strength. I've been listening for a few weeks already, but um, wow. I really enjoy it. I could manage to call myself almost addicted to your line. Yeah. Um, there's an echo in the background. Is it okay? Yeah, this yes, is normal. that is this how is it sounds line. on our end, yes. I have an 11-year-old daughter, very smart, organized, perfect, that comes home from school the minute I have to sign her work. Everything is like, when everything goes her way, everything, she's fine, good, everything. But the minute, like, she thinks that we accuse her of anything, she becomes like, like hard, like a stone, her hands, her feet, like uh, mamish osmanch, the way you call it. Does this have yeah. to do one to the other? Well, let's first recognize, how old did you say she is? Eleven. Eleven. First of all, it's age-appropriate. does not mean she should be getting away with it, but that is how children behave. That's the job of chinuch, where we teach them how not to behave that way and how to behave in a more adult-like. Remember, when we get things that we like and she's happy, Bar Hashem, that's a good stage. That means you've taught her step one. Because there are children today, unfortunately, that's, I don't use the word depression, but even when they get things that they want or that they would like, they're still not happy. And step two, where parents come in, which is called maturity, is that we teach children, even if you don't get what you want, you still act respectful. That's step two. It's not, but it's it's not that what you don't get what you want. It's like when I think like that, I tell her uh, that she was, let's say, she did this and this, and she knows that she didn't do it, let's say. Then she becomes like, wow. 
So what you're saying is, if you would if you'd hold her accountable for something, let's yeah, say you ask her to do, like let's say you, she thinks that she did, when she, did, did, when she knows she did, a, she did a wrong thing, she accepts it something fine. Like but when like she thinks that she didn't do it, you, then she becomes like. Asking, uh, I need a detailed example. Let's take an example. You ask let's her say, let's let's say to say we do were the dishes and she didn't do it. One day we were serving breakfast, and she asked for, you want tuna? Yeah, I want tuna. And then she disappeared, and she comes back, there wasn't any tuna at the table. She made such a fuss, but we have 10 more cans of tuna in the closet. But she said that she wants some this thing, and you couldn't even talk to her. She was mommy's like, <sighs> So that's a, parenting, that's a parenting skill. It's normal. I'm telling you, it's normal for an 11-year-old, and it's, it's normal for a 7-year-old. From seven all the way up until you get some skills how to teach her that how to prevent the behaviorals from happening. And then when it does it, the teacher how to calm down. But this is normal. At not saying it's normal, it should stay that way. We're saying it's mm -hmm. normal that to learn how to change it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any special tools or just a regular parenting that with the other I kids? I think a regular parenting is great. She sounds wonderful and she's good. It's just when she doesn't need, when she doesn't get what she wants. This is normal age appropriate. In fact, unfortunately, in today's generation, we're dealing with so many Shalom bias issues. This is what twenty and thirty and forty year olds are doing. And when uh -huh. the parents didn't teach it to them, they were teaching their spouses, the husbands or the wives, how not to react, how to discuss it ahead of time, how not to give in. And a lot of the basic tools. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Very Thank appreciate you. your question. Thank you. And we're going to go to Mrs. P. You're on with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Just before we're going to start, i take your question. I just want to announce the number again. So we're looking for questions and comments. Go ahead and call 718 683-5858-5858-718-683-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5858-5
Um, my comments were, um, number one, that a special needs child generally, um, or I don't know generally, but I guess they don't have their own motivation or push, so they need the outside push. But uh, a regular child um, will motivate themselves, and, y you know, you should let them push themselves. Because if, if the mother will do the pushing for them, then they're never going to do it for themselves. Okay, good. That's one comment. Great. And we'll discuss that in um, a minute. The second comment was that I would change the word from pushing. If you want, she was saying her kids are doing so well, but they have such amazing potential. How do you get them to get, to achieve even more would be, you know, just focus on the positive. Don't focus on pushing and how far they could, you know, just let them know how you believe in them and encourage them. And instead of, you know, giving them, um, you know, I don't know if she gives them criticism, but instead of focusing on how much they still could achieve, let them know how much they already did achieve and give them the good feeling, and then they're just going to want to achieve on their own. Okay, thank you. So now let me explain to you why I don't, and for all the listeners many times, why I don't answer a theoretical question, especially why I love calling questions. So let's clarify that when someone asks a question, they have one thing in mind, and when we are discussing it with them and developing the question, we recognize they had a completely different question. So this mother's question was, I remember, I remember it now clear, that her question was, why aren't other teachers pushing my other children that aren't, that aren't a special need? And what we discovered was that the kid is doing age-appropriate stuff. They're successful. It's the mother that's concerned or the mother that would like things pushed more or certain teachers would push more. And what we're able to help her recognize it and identify is that everything is okay the way the kid is developing. Now, when a child has special needs, there are certain levels where if they're not developing, then the teachers are comfortable pushing it. So I just want to clarify to the first step why I didn't address that is because when someone asks a question, I'm not here to address a question. I'm here to address their question. And when we develop the question, I ask a couple of pointed questions, they share a bit more information, then we're able to clarify and change the question, which for that mother, the question wasn't why we're pushing one child and not pushing another. It's about accepting that if her child is where they are, at the appropriate level, we don't need to push more. Then we're worried about about pushing someone too much and losing it. Now, on that topic, I actually appreciate that you're bringing this up because at the same time, this is a large part of the teacher's training program that I've developed, and that is I would now like to agree with that mother, and that is that there are many teachers that believe and rebellion that the children can be pushed more. There's more that the children can do, and the teachers and the rebellion are not pushing. And do you know why? Because many times it requires the parents' help. And if we don't have the parents' help, then unfortunately the teachers cannot help them grow. And at the same time, sometimes it takes a complete dual effort or several components effort means the Rebbe in the morning, the teacher in the afternoon with the principal to, to be on top of the teachers 
or to make sure that it's happening across the board, that pushing or whatever work is being instituted. And because sometimes it's not happening, because it takes a lot of management, sometimes it won't happen just because of that reason itself. So I agree with you now that we're discussing that topic, that I believe that students should be pushed more. We can be pushed more, just as an example. A little example. In Belgium, every single student in the country, and we see that from the from students, speaks six or seven languages fluently. They speak English fluently. They speak Flemish fluently. They speak Yiddish fluently. They speak Hebrew fluently. They speak French fluently. And they've got two more languages that every single one of them they speak fluently. It's not just one language. In America, they try to get you to learn one extracurricular language. Here we're talking about a country that every single student knows six or seven languages fluently. Let's recognize that if a country can do it, it's the way they're teaching it. And there's something in the teaching that when the teachers have the skills and there is that level that we are on top of it, we will see big changes. Right. I may have misunderstood, but the way I heard the answer you gave was that um, the conclusion was that it it might be um, the fact that she um, has a hard time accepting herself and she has she's pushing herself too much, so you didn't even focus on um That's right. on her kid. Right. But we were. We were able to identify the kid is doing okay and she's the one that is pushing. And she's the one that right. you know, so the kid it was is just okay. A, to... uh, mm-hmm. In addition to that, that if it's in an unhealthy situation sometimes when a parent will take the role of pushing for the child, then they're sometimes going to take away the ability of the child or the motivation for the child to push for themselves. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Appreciate you calling up. And the number for everyone to ask the question or comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to Mrs. J., you're almost more Hi, good evening. Medicine. Good evening. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I want to say that I've read your book. Can you? I hear an echo, but can you hear me? Yes, we hear you loud and clear. On our end, it sounds like an okay. echo. To all the listeners, it's clear. Okay, yeah, I understand that there's some Christian channel. I, re- I, I follow up with you guys. First and foremost, I want to say I called in once a while back, but you were so busy. I think I waited a long time, I asked, but I didn't get to really ask my uh, I want to say that your book is phenomenal because I'm very into psychology and Torah. And I think I was one of the, I did put a review on there and I Thank recommend you. it highly to everyone. I want to say that this color, uh, Sato to Nissan, you and all the people on JRU, because as a Balish Chuva, I see like there's such a stigma with, you know, people needing help and calling. And it's so beautiful to see all kinds of Yiddishkeit people calling in and all levels of Judaism. It's amazing. You do great work. So I want to say that while we're on that line, hold on. Let's just talk about an awareness. I was just speaking today to a therapist that I respect Uh a lot, and she was telling me I don't understand something that's going on in the Orthodox community that if a boy Uh or a girl is on medication, and then for a Mm -hmm. shidduch it will affect. She asks, I don't get this. Half the world is on medication. Half the world is not even right. Exactly, that's not even getting married. Get along. (laughs) Then what's the big deal? 
Because and it was I'm such a stigma. To to her a stigma. Uh, yeah. I, and you, you I know. know like, I'm trying to. What I want to continue to do is to break the stigma a little for people to recognize. It's on me. You're that, doing phenomenal work. I mean, I'll have to tell you something. One girl called in, and I'll just say this before my question, because I'm a person sure. who gone through. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a balashuva. I have tremendous amuna, more than I've ever had in my life. And I've had tremendous challenges in the last five years. I got divorced in a foreign country. My father passed away. And all my obstacles, I say, you know what? When you talk in your book, Amuna is important, but you have to have mental good health. I've had therapy in my life. I've had my dad was a Holocaust survivor. I had to deal with a lot of issues with that. And let me tell you, therapy is amazing. I don't care. A healthy person goes to therapy. When people say, oh, I don't want to. That's why a lot of people are on medication, because they can't confront their problems. And in Yiddish Judaism, there's such a stigma about it, which is wrong, because everybody in this world has problems like you talk about. It's how we deal with our, our reaction, not a, you know, it's how we re, our response to it and how we deal with it. But bringing Excellent. you to so my question, just, I want to thank you. Nissan, I think Nissan, sure. he's my biggest fan. If he wasn't married, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was bad. Nissan, I listen to yes. all his things about construction, refrigerators. I learn a lot <laughs> on his other yes. program. So oh, anyway, if the I question just, I have for you is... Just one is, word. Just one word, and then we'll continue to your... So first of all, I want to thank you and share with everyone listening how strong you are and how powerful you are, that there are so many obstacles Hashem has put in your way, and you're overcoming them with flying colors. They're not easy, any one of you. them that you've just said. So I want to thank you for that. And yes, thank if you. I can, you can. Or if this and your really, program, yeah. I listened, I read your book, and then I was like, because I read a lot of Dutch, I read so many books, and especially psychology with Torah, and I've got, done cognitive therapy. I've done a lot of the therapy that you had that psychiatrist on there. I, they tried to push me to medication when I was in Israel. And let me tell you, exercise, eating right, many things. Even when people say you have this disease, they label you. But um, I think Amuna is very important. But one issue, and exactly the challenge I'm asking you about, I think I mentioned it before when I called, but it wasn't addressed. I know this is an awareness. Can we just, you hold can't, on, I just you know, clarify one thing you, you said before? That. Hold on. Let me just clarify one point that you said, and then we'll go to the question. And that okay, is great. that Judaism has, doesn't have an issue with taking medication or with going for therapy. In fact, the Rabbanim recommend it. It's culturally that we've created. This yes. is self-imposed. Means the Rabbanim, it's in the Orthodox know, world, many, many the times. stigma. That's right. It's the stigma. I just want to clarify. That's not Judaism. That's culture. Oh, when thank you, you for that. Rabbi, I appreciate that because as a Balashuva, you know, you see a lot of people, and I always tell my girlfriends, don't be afraid to tell the truth, you know. You had, everybody has darkness. You know, I've learned from studying the moon and dark and with Breslov, everybody in this world, darkness is what brings us to the light as Judaism from Mitzrayim. I mean, we're always in, we're, we're slaves. Uh, Pesach is coming up. We're, we're constantly growing, and if we're not, then we're staying in the same place, as you know, as a, a great therapist. So my question is, and this is a very big, and I know you not, can't answer it in one phone call. I've had a lot of issues with my family because I've transformed. My, I have three, one of them is a Balachuva, but he's not very compassionate, and the other two, I mean, he used to be a good brother. My father passed away a few years ago, and a lot of anger came out, different things. But I was the only one that went to therapy to deal with, you know, grievance and, and to learn strategies to deal with them. And they're, I'm the only girl, and my parents were divorced for a very long time. 
So what's happening now is that I've transformed my Amuna, I do yoga, and it's all a great thing. I'm becoming a person that I've never been. They're always bringing up the past and those specific times, even when I had the cancer and I was maybe down, and, and they just can't embrace it. And I had to stop talking to them for my emotional and spiritual health. And I'm such a family person. I'm divorced. I have no kids. I love family. My ex-husband, I had six grandchildren. What do I do? Like in my heart, I forgive, but it's so painful. But if I, you know, they've done harassing tests, different things. They, they poison my mother um, and she hasn't been nice to me and she's abolished Juva. It's so, what do I do? Doctor, I mean, rabbi, what do I call yeah, you? You're no, just mortified. <laughs> The simple answer is, I wonder if you can discuss with them, let's say when they bring up the past and try a very interesting words, just saying, I am sorry for the pain I caused you then. Many times people can't move on until part of their uh, part, uh, until their part is, let's say, acknowledged and actually said, I'm sorry. So let's take an example where, let's say, when you had cancer, and you wanted some more time and attention from them, and you even earn and deserve it, because maybe when they needed help, you were there for them. But now oh, that definitely. They, My brother had sorry, a breakdown. When they I needed help, you were there for hours. them, and now you need help. They're not there for you. And you might have gotten upset at them. They could go, yes, that's so, and they'll go, and you were so mean to us when you had cancer, and you laid the guilt on us. And what you can say is, I am sorry for the guilt that I laid on you. I was in pain then. Mm-hmm. I have honestly, um, Mordechai. I've I've said I'm sorry. I've tried to have peace, and I even and truthfully, I wasn't angry with them. On the contrary, I know it's all Minishamaya, and this has made me so much stronger because for now I have phenomenal friends in my synagogue and great. I feel like it's all from Hashem. Like I say to myself, maybe everything's a lesson. I know what you're saying, and I am saying I'm sorry. I'm going to try sure. that again. But sometimes no, people are deep in their thoughts. We need to come with some more ideas. I beg your pardon. Yeah, if you've done that in the past and it hasn't worked, then maybe we need some more ideas. Would they yeah. be willing to go to a to a third person, let's say a mediator, to discuss it with them? Well, I've tried it also. There's, um, I've tried that, but the problem is they won't admit, like, in other words, if they would just, I haven't gone there for the holidays either. They won't even say, I've done something wrong. When I tell my brother in a very eloquent, kind, loving way, that I'm not the person I used to be. Please treat me properly. He's like, he curses at me. And this is my religious brother, even though he is a great man. He does a lot of mitzvot. He was the one that I was the closest with and his family. And he will say to me outright, I was the best brother in the world to you. I did this for you. I did that for you. And I said, yes, you did. You did. You did. But I want you to treat me right now, not just once a year. And you will not and call me and say, I'm sorry. We miss you. Yeah. Because I... I'm a human being. And Let I me have ask you feelings. another question. Is there any way that's possible for you to now not focus on them and to look to create relationships other than the family? That's what I've been doing. Thank you, Mordecai. Excellent. Thank you, because that's what I've been doing. But I still, inside me, I've cried for you know, one Shabbos. I stay by myself. I never do. I cry. I mean, I've cried many times, and I've talked to a therapist, you know, and she's Jewish, religious, and she's also giving me tremendous. She's the one that I was seeing in my therapist. She gave me tremendous strategies. Because I'm in the calm, and they want me to be in the storm. As you you know about therapy, the dance, right, Mordecai? I don't want to be there. I want the calm. Yes. So So it's hard because I've gotten so healthy, and they don't want me to be. I don't know. We don't have the power over others. 
what can we do to find the inner peace as you found in so many Take responsibility other areas? for my Yeah, mm-hmm. where can what can you do to help yourself? Just keep being with people that embrace me and, and keep me like this rabbi from Israel gave me. He said, don't listen to them because they're going to bring you down. Don't allow them to take away your peace and your, your, your besimcha because that's what I have now. I've never been happier, especially in terms of I've been studying Torah every day. I do mitzvot, baruch Hashem. I feel so blessed. I want to get remarried. I want to have a new life, but they just, I, I don't know what to do anymore with it. I want to be involved with them. But if it means not, I'm the biggest family person in the world. It's so painful. But like you said, I can't take responsibility for them. Excellent. So I'll tell you, thank you for calling up. Looks like you've got everything right. You're doing everything correct. Thank you. Remain strong and Hashem. We'll send Amen. the path. You know, we just have to keep on doing yours. It's all the tests. I know. I know. It's a Muna test. That's but right. But I really appreciate great. what you do. Great. I have to tell keep you, Hashem should bless all of you on that JRU radio, and I have given donations. I want you to say that what you're doing is um, incredible for the whole entire Thank Jewish you. community, not only the music, but the people. And Nissan, you're my biggest fan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank I, you. I am also, I, I would say we're rivaling over who's his biggest fan. So, I respect him tremendously. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I really appreciate your time. And I know that it's hard to give one call, but I'm really grateful to your show. And it's so special that today people could come out and be healthy and talk about issues and confront them and move on and be happy and healthy. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And we are going to Mrs. M. Mrs. M, you're with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yeah, hello. Is that me? Yes, yes, correct. It is you. Okay, thank you for so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. I want to thank yeah. you also for your hotline. I really enjoy it. I could say I enjoy most Section 6. Thank it you. Gives thank me you. Those are the questions of... and answers section. Yeah. I enjoy Great. it a lot. Oh, so you just called to say thank you? No, I have a question, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. What is your question? Okay. Um, I'm at a therapist for around, I could say, 30 sessions. Yes. And you I about 30 saw a lot of changes. Year, right? I'm a different person, I could say. I wouldn't want to be the person I was before therapy. Wow. But I still am not trusting my therapist. My question is, if I have to look for a different therapist, I really don't want to do that. I like her a lot. Well, I'm why, why would you jump sessions. to moving? Well, you've gone, to, you've gone from one level to the next. We help you identify. Let's first start. Why are you not trusting her? Uh, the, my first answer is that I don't really know what the word trust means. All right. So then why leave her? Now you're going because to work it's, through it's, it with her. Because I always hear from you. That's also what's making me think that I have to look for a different therapist. Because if you see, if you don't see changes, or I hear you say you had clients after 10 sessions, major changes, or you're graduating four clients after a year of therapy, it's not making sense that I'm up to nine months of therapy and I'm so far from my goal. Let me try this. Let me repeat your words and repeat the words that I say and tell me if they're matching and if I'd just okay. like everyone to hear the difference. You started off saying, I am in therapy 
and I am seeing major changes in my life, and I don't want to be the person that I was before. Okay. Correct, and now but not are, major and then changes. And you quote me saying that if you're in therapy and you don't see changes for several months, you should consider changing therapists. Do you see what you're doing? Okay, can I what fix myself? Doing? Notice, what you are doing is saying there is one area where I come from a unhealthy past, and that's I can't trust anyone, and that area still hasn't changed, but in so many other areas my life has changed, and because one area hasn't changed, now you're taking Mordechai's global sentence and putting it to a detailed micro case. So let me clarify to everyone listening. If you come from an unhealthy past, you will be in therapy, especially if one of the parents had a personality disorder, or if you didn't have an attachment to a parent, you can be in therapy for two to four years. And in certain areas, it will not change until you're three years in therapy. However, other areas will change. So if you're in therapy and you're noticing changes in many areas of your life, continue. If you want to see greater changes, discuss it with your therapist. There are clients that I have to tell them, sorry, but this is, you're going beyond their Hateva speed. But we still can have a two-year-old kid grow to be a 13-year-old in one year. You still got to go through the next 11 years. Okay, now, I see what you're saying. Um, one thing I want to correct myself. I sure. didn't mean to say major changes. I say changes. Not, nothing, I don't feel like major changes. Well, let me ask you something. How much has shifted in, let's say, nine months, because let's say it's 30 sessions, so let's say nine months. In nine months of therapy that you're saying the person that you were then, you don't want to go back to that place. I would say that's called major changes. So here's where I clarify to the clients what you expect are probably not realistic from where you're coming from. If you can say being where you're now is so much further than when you started – then you've done major changes. You just have an expectation of you would have been done at a certain time, but you might need to recognize, look at how many generations of unhealthiness you're coming from. Okay, I can't really agree to that, but I hear what you're saying. Why can't you agree to that? I, I, I don't free. see I the unhealthiness. Please disagree. What do you disagree with? I, I, I don't see the unhealthiness in my family. I could say well, then something that's probably why it's moving so slow. a little different, why can't, but not let me, something let's that clarify. it should take you so long. You showed me the greatest proof that your family, there's got to be unhealthiness there. Why can't you trust a therapist? You're going to a therapist 30 times. You're bearing your soul. If the therapist is good, they've gotten you to some of the deepest and darkest places that's going on. Why would you still have a difficulty trusting them? Maybe it's something with a therapist. I don't know. Let's not go to a therapist. Do you trust other people? I, I don't know what trust means. Excellent. So if you don't know what trust means, it is a proof. I don't mean to put you down, just trying to create the awareness. Let me ask something. Would you turn to your parents when you need help? What type of help? I, uh, any type. Yes, I would turn to them for help, yes. Yeah. Are your parents the one you will rely on that they're going to support you through your difficult times? Physically, mentally, emotionally. And spiritually. Wow, which part? All of them. Yeah, part of them they would. Which ones wouldn't you turn to them for help for? Um, two I of want you to realize before you answer, we're, we're live, and many people are going to be listening to these questions, and we're not going to be removing it. So right, if I'm you don't want to go any that. further, you can stop. 
All that I would be helping you out with is, so if you were my client, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to have a session, let's say, with the therapist in our center and say, I have a difficulty trusting you. And we're comfortable handling that because we hear that many times. And then we, the therapists that work with you for 30 sessions, can help you identify where trust comes in. So I'd like okay, you to so recognize that, that in that therapy, the allophasin therapy is trusting yourself comes from the inner power, from the inner strength of being taught from parents that you can trust them. And this way, when you build a foundation of others, on others means your parents, the initial subconscious, where you get it from, then as you get older, the parents allow you to, to, to shift it to trusting yourself. But it comes from a foundation. And that is the goal of therapy. The fundamental concepts of therapy is that as you change yourself in the therapist's room, as you start learning to make those connections of trust, of assertiveness, of questioning, you're going to be able to use those tools and use it in other areas in your life. Generally, what is weakness is going on in your, in your subconscious is what you're going to be bringing into the therapy room. And therefore, when we work through difficulties, difficult challenges that you have with us therapists are generally what you're going to have. So now, if you have a trust issue, it is telling me in your fundamental years in life, you're either lacking trust, A, means, and generally that means one or both of your parents were not able to give you that, or B, you had it from your parents, but you went through certain traumas in life that had you not trust, which again, healthy parents would be able to mediate a lot of that or help a lot of that or get you to help and that you should be able to open up and to share so that's why I'm explaining to you the fact that you cannot trust. Trust is a fundamental foundation of the human brain, of the human psyche, of the human development. If you cannot have trust with a therapist that is that you've gone to 30 times, then we need to clarify and understand what's going on. There's no such a thing as a personality clash? Um, let me try this again. You've had major changes. You're not saying that you're disagreeing with her. You're not saying you're saying she's a very good therapist. And all you're saying is you have an issue of trust. Trust means, what does trust mean? Let, let's start at the beginning. Of, I, I feel, let's, let's start at the question. Can you ask your question again? I'd like to take a completely different route. Watch, ask your question again. Okay. I'm at a therapist for 30 sessions, and I don't trust her. I don't feel any connection to her. Let me ask you, you've gone no, I can't say any, I'm sorry. Times. I do feel some connection because I don't want to leave her. All right, let's try this again. What, are you afraid of her? Quite. What are you afraid of? I'm thinking about this a lot. I can't figure it out. Well, is she very mean to you? No, she's very nice. Are you afraid that she's going to break confidentiality and she's going to tell no, people your no. secret or even one person? No. Are you afraid that she's going to degrade you if you open up and you tell her some private secrets or some pains you went through? No. Has she ever done anything like this in the past? No. Is she professional and is she licensed? Yes, she's licensed. Um, Do you trust that she knows what she's doing? No. Oh, you don't trust she knows what she's doing? Why no. is she not equipped to deal with your situation? Supposedly, she specializes in my situation. Ah, so now, let's clarify. So here we can take it to you. 
if a now let let me go ask you about your parents. Are you willing to answer some of these questions publicly and be aware they will not be removed? Your questions, if you answer, if you choose to say yes, we will not be removing them. You can ask. I'll choose if I want to answer. Okay. Do both your parents trust people? Again? That they ask for help. Can you repeat the question? Pass. What? I'm sorry, I, it got cut off. Can you repeat the question? Do both your parents trust people when they need to ask someone? Do they trust them? And I use the word both, not one. Don't think sometimes. It's a yes or no question. Okay, I have an answer to that. Next question. When your parents don't trust, do they discuss it with the person or do they talk behind the person's back? So to the person, they say so nice and this and that, but behind the back saying, oh, this person's such a crazy person. Okay, I have an answer to that too. Next, if the person that they do trust made one mistake, do they say, oh, we know people make mistakes? Or do they go, how could they do this mistake? They're so bad. They're not good. They're mean. Okay, where is If you this make one to? mistake to your parents, do they accept it? Do they try to work it out? Or do they, do they right away get upset? Or even one of your parents. I'm not talking about both. I'm talking about one of them. Can you answer that question? You can okay, say, I got my answer as well. To? You don't have to answer it because we're on. We're alive, and we're not going to be removing the questions. Right. Okay. Let's do the next one. When your parents make a mistake, are they okay with making mistakes? Or do they beat themselves up and saying, I'm so stupid, I'm so silly, my food never works out well? One option. Or do they blame everyone else for when they make mistakes? Okay, I have an answer to that, too. Exactly. So okay, I don't want anyone to think that the answers were yes or no. I just didn't want to answer. I, I understood exactly that. I, I understand exactly. The point is I'm allowing those listeners to understand what trust means. Trust is the ability to make mistakes and you're still loved. Trust is the ability that if you have a difficulty, you can work it out with them. Trust is that you're relying on people, knowing that they will be there for you, and if they're not, you can discuss it, hold them accountable, and then move on. That is trust. Trust is that when you say 90% what you mean, that if, you tell, if you're happy with someone, you tell them. If you're disappointed with them, you'll tell to them as well. Let me ask you another thing. I feel like when I get to her office, I go into a different world. Like when I come home, I can't believe it was myself who was there. Like it feels like shifting back and forth. Yes, that's normal. Why Which means, normal? again, confirming that there is a lot in your past that you don't want to hear or you weren't acknowledging when you started the phone call. And that means as follows. When you, you have learned to survive through childhood and through the teenage years and through adult years on creating two people, one the one that the world sees and the other one is the inner pain or the doubts and the fears that go on in your mind. When you're going to a therapist, and a therapist is trained and knowledgeable, we're going to go into, we want to hear the inner parts of your life, not how you're acting or faking to the world. And therefore, when you have to go into that part, you're going to be triggered, and you're going to start reacting in ways that you can't believe. 
So this is supposed to take very long, and you have to survive this Several long. years, based on the way you're not answering the question, based on the way you're reacting after 30 sessions, and especially this is the person's specialty, yes, yes. And as you'll be doing the work longer, you're going to start identifying issues by your grandparents and hear stories about your great-grandparents sometimes. I really don't and like this because I think my family is very, very special people, real nice people. Uh, we're not denying. Why can't you have both? Why can't you have the two points and have one family? That's part what you're going to learn. That's why dialectical behavioral therapy is teaching you two points. Well, there are many parents and grandparents that are fantastic, but they can still have an issue. In the from world, we are wonderful and we're amazing. We can have someone that's a major Talmud Chacham, but unfortunately, once in a while, he can get extremely angry. Or someone that's a major Talmud Chacham, and unfortunately, he cannot connect to his children at all. Or we can have someone that's a major Talmud Chacham and have other issues. I don't want to go into what they are. Or we can have a mother that's a tzaddik, that she's doing chesed to the entire world, but she is not home. And when she's home, she's angry and she's nervous and she's yelling. It does not make her less of a tzaddik. So my goal is not to feel guilty that... Your goal, let's, let's clarify. Your goal is to recognize that great person can also have parts that weren't good. That had to not that weren't good that didn't work them through for whatever reason or whatever their understanding was they worked out that doesn't make them a bad person that's once again the black and white thinking the black and white thinking is either a person's good or a person's bad why can it be that a person's great and they still had some painful parts to them that caused others pain that's reality I think I'm a wonderful father and I am still doing certain stuff at times that are hurting my wife, and hurting my kids. And that's part of my, why I'm still in this world to grow and to balance. It does not make you, it's not black or white, it's both gray. That's the concept of dialectical behavioral therapy. DBT is for the personality disorders or the personality disorder traits when life is either good or bad. We can't admit that our parents also made some mistakes. They're human. I heard from the Gedolah and from Yisrael Belsky's Atzal, and I love the way he put it down when we were talking about just on these parashies, especially with the Cheta Egel and every point out there. He was saying it, and only a God like him could have said it, saying, look at Moshe Rabbeinu in the parashies. He says, you see how he starts as a leader in Klal Yisrael, trying to defend Klal Yisrael. And when, when the Rabbeinu Shalom made it worse for the Eden in Mitzrayim that took away the straw, and he got upset. He says, Lama Hareis, Lama Zeh, why did you make it worse? He had Tainus Hashem. Hashem got angry. Uh, or Hashem sort of told him, Bishmi Hashem took to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov They didn't know anything. They, I didn't show them the, the openness, the nevuah that you're getting. And they never questioned me. And you're questioning me. And Rabelsky finished up saying, but look at where he got to. He called him a rav in training and said it like this past week's parsha, where, where Moshe Rabbeinu says, if you're not going to save Klal Yisrael, look at what Hashem is saying. Hashem is saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, Klal Yisrael is now going to come from you. So it would have been Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, would have been all the generations, would have gone to Levi, then would have gone to Moshe Rabbeinu, and now Christ would have gone from there. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu say, no, 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 no. I am here as leader and for everyone. And he says, that's the ultimate level. Can we realize the words that we're saying? We're saying that the Torah is showing us how when we get older, as we learn, as we get training, we do better and better until we reach the highest level. And that's where Moshe Rabbeinu got to that level that we have now this ability to do tshuva. The Yid Gamal is nothing greater than the Yid Gamal that we have. 
can you realize that your parents can be great parents, but they're still parents in training, and maybe if you're the oldest kid, they made more mistakes with you than they did with others, and they learned? But if you can't acknowledge that they made mistakes, then how could you ever heal those mistakes? How could you ever change it? How can you heal the core? It's, again, black and white thinking. And what you're going to learn is to say, my parents are wonderful parents, but in this two or three or four issues, they have a weakness. I see. And this can only be brought up if you bring it up. I can't trust you. Maybe you're not trusting the therapist because the therapist discusses several times your, your past, and you don't want to hear anything about your parents. Now you can't trust her. A part of it, yeah. So what's happening is that you're not comfortable opening up or, de- or, or because you might hear information that you don't want to hear. So that's what you bring up and you discuss it with a therapist. Yeah. So this is part of the process. Rav Nissa, what do you say to all this that I'm saying? I'm sure it's you know, we don't have any, any uh, perfect people that, uh, you know, comp- that don't doing uh, wrong, you know, as, as, and I know as a, pa- as a parent and as a, as a uh, husband, we're always doing mistakes and we're doing stuff. And, and, and I understand the fear of expose and digging into the, as you said, to the past. And it's very painful. It's very painful to see things that you'd idolize it in your brain. That's a perfect picture. But you're afraid to, to, to expose it. Yeah. Um, another quick question. If I feel a lot of times she doesn't answer my questions, is that normal? Well, you notice how you just did this blanket question. Since I already see where we're heading to, I'm going to push you. Tell me a detailed question that you're asking. Really, I don't have this question now anymore after you answering me, but my question was, I asked her, why am I still having anxieties after nine months? And she answered. What was the answer she gave? She told me because when you get stuck in your fear, the anxiety symptoms come up. Mm-hmm. My question is, why am I still stuck in my fear after nine months? Well, because if, you've, if you're supposed to be five years in therapy and you only did nine months of therapy, then it doesn't makes make a sense. Lot of sense. I should be five years. It's not so bad. The situation. It should be five years. Well, I would. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't want to bust your bubble, but by the fact that you're not able to identify that your parents could have a weakness is still saying you're at the beginning levels. It wouldn't happen quicker in your center? Absolutely not. We wouldn't even take it. Please forgive me, but we wouldn't take you in the center because in our center, what, you're, what, you, what we've just discussed now was called pre-therapy. The ability to understand. When anyone comes into an intake, I start, give me five strengths of your father, five weak, let's say two strengths of a father, two weaknesses of a father, two strengths of a mother, two weaknesses of a mother. When someone starts, oh, my parents are perfect, or it's lush and her, I go, oh, no, you're really in the beginning stages, and we send you no, to the No, I could say that, but I'll feel guilty about it. Exactly. So you're not ready yet for our center. It means you're still at the pre-therapy se- sessions. I call it, it's called psychoeducation in the, in the therapy terms. Means if you're feeling guilty, you're still at the stages where you got to understand your parents are humans, your parents are tzaddikim, and they can be both. Is there a possibility that my therapist is not using the right method? No, I think you're, I think, again, I'm going to shift it right back to you. 
I think you are an opening up, and you're not ready to go yet to the right right level. You're not ready to face the deep issues. You're trying to avoid the places. Okay, I see. Thank you so much for answering my Wait, question. Wait, hold on. What are you getting? What are you getting from this? It's making a lot of sense. I'm calming down. Why? What's making sense? It's making sense. It should take long. I wanted a n- normal answer that makes sense why it's taking so long. That's right. So I would even like you to know, for all those of you listening, like, oh, we'll go to Mordechai Weinberger Center. Absolutely not. Please do not come to me if you're not recognizing that you're human. You'll be making mistakes. We're going to be helping identify people's mistakes. In our center, we get you comfortable recognizing that you're human, you make mistakes. And not possibly you're comfortable making mistakes that now you're going to stay there, but you're going to want to grow. You're going to be able to see others' mistakes. You're going to learn to accept others' mistakes and still love them with it. But you're not even ready for that yet. You first have to acknowledge that your parents are, are able to make mistakes and they still deserve love. Then you've got to do the inner healing. That's, you've still got another several months of work to do, especially I'll probably say you probably have three to six months of just working on trust. It means if I was your therapist when I used to do all the pre-therapy, it would sort of be, okay, what are you not trusting me today? Who did you not trust in the past week since our last session? Let's see how we can start working on trust. I'll do six months of every session, just the word trust. So why isn't my therapist doing it? I come and she's like, you're oh, not allowing her to. You never told her. You don't trust her. We spoke about that already. We spoke about that, and you avoided it, or you were very heads-on, saying, I don't trust you. I was thinking about changing. Why don't I I see more results? This is what you do, and this is what the therapist starts bringing up. Or it's possible that you have other issues that we can't do three to six months of just on trust. What happens? You know how many times I've got clients, we've just had a conversation today with someone. I'm not going to go into details, but they want answers. And I go, but you're six months away from getting the answer. It's almost like they're in the pre-therapy stage. I can't help you. You can't talk about trust if you're still coming up. I had a problem with my husband, or I couldn't make supper today because I was hurt or I was angry, or I don't want to go to work because this and this happened. We can't work on trust if part of the behaviors are just getting you to keep on functioning regular. You can't ask me why, or we can't blame a therapist why they're not doing something when we're on here and you're not sharing all the information. Right. But is it normal for me to leave a session and feel, like, very confused? Of course. And then you write down what you're confused about, and then you find out maybe you need twice-a-week therapy. Yeah, most of the clients that I have in our center that, that do have issues like you have come home confused and say, I don't even remember what we spoke about. And what we have, I know specifically three clients in the center that we actually spend the last 10 minutes and we write down everything we discuss because they walk out saying, I'm so confused, I don't even think we spoke about anything. And that is pre-therapy stages. Happens Means to be we talk about a concept, question. and the person is so confused just hearing concepts. Okay, thank you so much. I'd like to read to you a message that someone has just, just sent us listening to your message here. Wow, from all the clarification you've given to this caller, I recognize once again how much psychoeducation I've received from hundreds of hours of listening to your phone line over and over and over. Thank you for all you've given me. I'm indebted. And there's a person that I don't even know who they are, but this is what they've gained so much. So do you realize that there is still so much where you need to go to and to learn and to trust 
and to discuss it, bring it up over and over. If I'm not trusting you, and you can ask the therapist, why do I have a trust with you? Remember, it's not the therapist that's the issue. Because she has asked her, do you have clients that trust you? And if they say yes, then go, well, why am I not trusting you? What's going on by me? Okay. What Can we just repeat, what are you getting? I'm getting that this could take very long and that I have to just keep on doing it. Yes. Rav Nissen, what do you say to everything we've discussed? Because I'll tell you what's the doubt that I have, and maybe you can reassure me and maybe you also can reassure me, um, Mrs. E. Part of me is saying, wow, so what I just did is I just told a person that's healthy, you need to be four or five years in therapy. And um, and really the therapist might be terrible. Rav Nissen, what would you tell me based on what you heard on this conversation, am I am I just like defending therapists and just pushing people to therapy? What, what? You know, and I, I want to hear you, your you, opinion. If, again. You, if you think I was just so tough on you and just like sort of said everything is healthy, and I'm just no, sort of I like your therapy. answer. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay, and I will tell you one more thing: stay with this therapist. It took 30 sessions to get to this level. When you can start saying I'm not trusting someone. Now you're getting to the core. Continue it. Bring it up over and over. Feel safe to do it because this is the core. It can take you another know, six months for you to gain trust. That means she'll make mistakes. That means she might do things. That's not a mistake, but you perceive it as a mistake, and then you're going to learn that balanced ground. And does therapy usually work like three, one step forward, three steps back? I will just change the words. It's one step forward, and to the client, it looks like three steps back, but the therapist sees the four steps, the four steps forward. Okay. So while you might think, for example, now you're feeling, I don't trust the therapist, so we're having a step back, and the therapist's view is, no, we finally worked out all those other issues that now you can start dealing with a core. So now that you've gone to a deeper core problem, it's not a step back or an hour dealing with root issues. Okay, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? Uh, I, look, I'm not a therapist, but, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't as, as a hmm, I know a person from outside, I don't know time uh, or frame or something like this. I think that uh, in the minute that uh, the, the Mrs. E will break the, 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 you know, the fear or trust issue, I think she will, she will do it uh, much faster and... Uh, you know, I think this 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 show, this uh, twenty minutes or the half an hour of talking to her, I think gave a lot, a lot of, of thinking about it, and I think she she can really achieve much faster. I, again, time time. I don't know. I don't know time, but uh, I think that it's giving a very big awareness to all 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 of us, all the listeners, that how how to behave and to 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 try to act in a trustful you know any profession any profession i would say even construction every, anyone trust is a key issue here you know it's yes. you cannot build a house without you know with a con the best contractor without trust you cannot go to a doctor without a trust that this is something very very important it's to build the foundation and it's very important this this issue okay yes thank you thank you Okay, so you're very welcome. We'll Excellent, Harvnison. We'll go to uh, I would uh, and let's go to uh, Mrs. C. Okay. Yes, 
Mrs. C, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen on JRadio.com. Yes. Hello, is it me? Yes. Yes. Okay, I hear myself double. Okay, I have a question. Um, um, I don't know, I think it's not um, parenting, but I'm going to tell you the question. Okay, so I have two boys, the same age of the same class, three years old. Um, I want to know well, your why kids are three years old? one okay. boy, uh, let's say, very loud at home, and the other one the opposite, and Chayda, they're just the opposite. Uh, I Meaning, say, the one that sings wait, and talks a lot wait, at home. Wait, hold on, wants to say something? Hello, hello. I, I just, we want us to be clarified that you are a teacher in a classroom of two. No, I'm a, I'm a mother. A mother of two, or twins? Yes. Okay. Okay. The kids are in Is one these, class. Are these your first children? Yes, I wanted to say that before. Yeah. But my question is, they're two the same age kids. I understand their opposite natures, but why is it that both are opposite at home and in school at Haider? <laughs> it, it was interesting because I, we uh, heard yeah, the opposite from the Rebbe that, that. They, she couldn't, he couldn't get along with the one that is very loud at home and the other one that we see less, like more quiet and we can't get out much of him. He has a very good language with and he's very open in school. It's very The funny. only option I could say is that different kids need different languages to speak to them and the Rebbe, and this is the message to you, knowing that this kid can be open and now learn the language. So you say that both of them like enjoy a different language, and I guess that one likes the Every Rebbe's language. Every person has a different language. Yes, everyone has a different language. Yeah. So both and of them respond like that. Say that again. So both of both of them are like that, responding like differently and yeah. higher than. Of course, yes. Wow. Definitely. So what could I say like for the Rebbe that really wanted to be able to? He doesn't know how to get the other child. Before we focus on the Rebbe, I always like focusing on you. What will you do with your child that is quieter at home to learn how will you change to get him more open? Once you master it, then you give the Rebbe advice. Okay, so I, will, I know what I will do. I will talk a lot to him and give him separate attention. Great. But, so but once I'm you wondering do that, when the Rebbe is works, asking me what I could tell If that works, then you tell the Rebbe. First you have to I know it works it, because it sometimes it works. Well, when you master it, you'll get it. Okay, so that means that I should tell the Rebbe to do the same thing with the other child? I don't know. Notice what I just said. Do not tell the Rebbe until you master it. I should get first my child to be open. uh, With you, and then you can do it in other places. Yes. Mordechai. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, so I just want to jump over because you know know why I left. (laughs) Because I I have the twins. And... (laughs) Uh, uh, very very quickly, uh, and, uh, and in the nursery we start finding that it's not good to put them together. In the oh, same only place. for the first class? Uh, no, 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 no. From the beginning, I'm telling you, we found it already in the beginning. From the 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 you know the you know pre one, not even pre one uh, nursery, that we found that it's not good to put them together, and we separate them in the class. And because the teacher expecting the twin that will be the same, and then it's not. Even they look the same, and they they uh, uh, everything look like outside the same. That the to- total two different characteristic, and uh, the the teacher has to look at this as a total to the two different kids, not as the two the twin brothers. 
And this is very confusing to, to a teacher, especially, you know, in this kind of, uh, that doesn't have such a, a, a good, uh, you know, what the, even the best rabbi, but, you know, it, I think I would say that, I, I, in my opinion, it's to separate them from the classes and they will get the attention, the right attention. And I, I know when you would put them together, it's always one is the louder and one is quietest. And this is not, it's, it's like over, over power the, the, each, each kid, different kid. You know, I would say. Can I ask you about one from experience? Like, uh, like, should I separate them? Yes. Like he said, I'll or like, honest, should I, don't should have I do that? I have experience with it. I don't have that much experience. This oh, is the area I like, can just share uh, the idea. You ideas. thought about it? I Why have you don't. thought about it? I, I, I didn't think it should be an issue because um, Arav Nissa mentioned it, and I was thinking, like, maybe it is something. So I could think of two friends. I know one friend. I have two, I had two times in, in history, like, friends that were identical twins even, not just twins, but identical twins. And sometimes, almost all the time, they were in separate classes. Sometimes they were in the same class. So which means having their individualness, feeling that they're an individual is important. And then sometimes being together was important. So I think it's at different stages that that's they need why to have they're that. very small still, and that's why I'm asking you if I should still leave it like this or because you see when it comes to is it questions that's where I'm oh. not good at. I would always say each place you say is it's different. Both. It's but both. I agree like with Robert. Sometimes like this, sometimes like this at this age. We need to right, but we need just need to understand when we have twins, we view them as a cluster, as together. Okay, now it's time to eat. Like you call them both together. Now it's time to sleep. You put them both together. Now it's time to take a bath. Both together. Now it's time for homework. Both together. Now we both have to study math or spelling. If they're in the same class, they're together. And they are also an individual. And they grow differently because they are individuals and they need their individual time. I'm clarifying why being in their own class is so important. And sometimes when they know one can rely on the other one, they won't develop their completeness because they'll feel as if they're like two halves of a whole. While they wow. need to be oh, as well as complete individuals. So being in their own classes separate will give them the time to become an individual, form, develop. Okay, so you also think by the three years I should think about this. I should look into I it. I think you should be discussing it with the teachers and with someone that has experience. Oh, I don't have okay, experience. I can talk to the Rebbe himself and ask him what he thinks. Speak to the Rebbe if they have or the principal has experience to find out if there's any therapist that has experience working with twins or things along those lines. I found, I find, I found that it's really, really a uh, delay uh, one of the kids because it depend, become depends on the other and they don't develop the, uh, each other. And I tell you, the bonding between twins Nobody can understand. Even the, you know, I see it from uh, you know, even uh, <laughs> they fighting like uh, dogs and cat, you know. And but in the minute you try to touch one of them, is like uh, you, you cannot you cannot understand uh, this really uh, the, the connection between them, and they grow up in a different classes. They have, each one is a totally different uh, character characteristic, and each one is developed to a different direction. It's, in my opinion, again, uh, I don't know you kids, but I saw it, uh, and we saw it so in so in uh, two years old, when they were two years old, and they found that in, when they was in the same class, one of them always depended on the other, and the other one was developed much, you know, and that's why they decided to, de to separate them, 
and each one of them get his own identity. Wow, I'm happy that I called in for something else just to be able to look into the facts to see if it's good for my kids to be together. Uh, look, look, look how the kids behave in the class. It's sometimes one of the kids, uh, one of them is, is, is taking control of the other, you know. It's basically like his protector. No, and they do behave together. They're a team, actually. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but maybe the idea of growing uh, enough and uh, exactly. separating their own natures and exactly. building themselves could be maybe good to separate them. I'll see. Okay. Thank you very much for the no, idea. No problem. Thank you. Sure. We'll go to... Uh, you. Mrs. Miss P, okay. Miss P, okay. No, you're one, always I see, I see that you just, just close. So Miss E, Miss, uh, one second, Miss E, uh, Mrs. C, Mrs. Mrs. C. C. Okay, hold on, Mrs. C. Hello. Hello. Yes. Mrs. C. Hello, Mrs. C. We hear kids in the background. Okay. Hello. Okay. Okay. okay, let's go to, uh, I, don't, I tried to find, one second, this is, again, miss, let's, let's try this. Hello? Yeah, I think it was good that we took them off, the kids in the background. Hello? Hello? Mrs. C? Okay, let's try, it's Mrs. E, are you on? Hello? Yes. Yeah, is that me? Yes. Yes, it's okay. you. I have a comment and I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so I have a comment. A few weeks ago, like a good few weeks ago, a 17-year-old girl called in that she thinks she has a very good life, but she still feels that something is missing. Okay, I don't remember that question. Can you share with me more what yeah, she was so, saying? So there was a 17-year-old girl that called in that um, she doesn't know why, but she always feels like something is missing in her life. She has a good job, and she has I remember that now. Has... We're identifying what would she like to do that she's not doing along levels like that. Right, yes. right, right. So I just had a comment on that. I don't know. I was a teenager not so long ago, like six, seven years ago, and I had a lot of friends. And my humble opinion, I could be wrong, I could be totally wrong, but my humble opinion is that a teenager above 15 years that doesn't feel that something is missing in her life is not healthy. Because my humble opinion is that emotionally, a teenager above 15 years should feel that she needs a spouse. And teenagers don't identify that they need a spouse. They just feel something is missing. I feel that a lot of teenagers go over the derech or become extra spiritual, um, not in a healthy way, because they can't identify what is missing. And I just want to bring the... the the awareness to teenagers, you could be healthy, you could be happy, nothing could be missing in your life. You're just a healthy teenager feeling that emotionally you already need a spouse. That's just can my Can I just opinion. humbly disagree with that? Okay, I can hear. Great. So I disagree very strongly on that. That 15-year-olds are during the stages of discovering who they are and mistakes that they make, and they think that happiness or fulfilled at a certain level, and they will learn what it really means in the balance. And I think if 15-year-olds would get married in this generation, the divorce rate is going to quadruple by 20. No, that's not, that's, ex, that's exactly, I didn't mean that at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that 15-year-olds should get married at all. Not at all. Of course they should discover who they are and build themselves before that. I've never meant that at all. I'm just trying oh, I'm to sorry. bring I thought when you said that, that they need to realize that they need a spouse, psyche, and they won't be happy till they get a spouse. 
that's not a husband no, or a wife that will make them No, there's a niggling calm. feeling that something is missing. It's in Gemud. It's, it's, I, I heard it from someone. It's not my own thing. Because uh, uh, um, um, physically, they are already adults. And so okay, the brain let's... wants you to get married. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that isn't the psyche. Okay. Otherwise, let's, let's just if not go, girl all I'm saying is, I got you. Happy if and there, everything, if why the, I would she... say if there are 30 reasons why they're uncomfortable, that might be one of the 30. I will definitely not put that as the first five or the first ten. Okay. Right. That's just my opinion. That, you're allowed. You shared. It's a public my forum. My opinion is that it's healthy for a teenager to feel that That's way. That's right. This and is a public forum. Yes. Excellent. You've shared yours. I share that it's <laughs> normal process of growth. And even if they would be married, they would still be having this, because that's part of the growth where they go through. And. That's my opinion. Nissen, you want to give your opinion? Uh, all you, you know, you know, loud and clear that time. This, uh, I, I know, you know, this hormone is working very hard, but it's, uh, you know, as you say, that's even even uh, eighteen and nineteen years old girl. And I, I want to tell you that's in my opinion, uh, humble opinion. I don't even 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 my daughter married uh, married young. I still think that she's very young and. And I think that the, the the system pushing them, and right now, to go so crazy about shiduchim and shiduchim, the pressure. We're also talking about different cultures. We have a lot of people in the cultures where they get married earlier. So yes. let's clarify that you're talking about more the litvish system. Yeah, but but I'm telling I'm telling that that the, uh, any teenagers doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl. It's a process of growing. A kadosh baruch Hu is creating us in what you call it, exploration position, that the brain is like to explore, like to know, and it doesn't matter what, whatever you look, you know, there's something that you always, you, sometimes you feel high, sometimes you're low, and you, you're going to, your awareness, everything around us, you know. We, we have been teenagers, we, even it was like only uh, 40, 50, 50 years ago, but I still remember uh, uh, what is my behavior and my friend's brave. Yep. Excellent. Okay, we'll go to Okay, Ms. now I have a question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm in therapy for a long time, and um, because I'm in therapy, I'm realizing that my sister's husband is covertly, overly abusing her, and it's like, it's bothering me very much, and I don't know what to do about it. She never asks me, like, she never discusses it with me, but... I'm seeing it as abuse, whatever her husband is doing. Like, every time okay. her husband leaves my mother's house and she stays there with a the baby, um, she tells her, make sure... Wait, let's stop a second. Hold on. Can I just stop a second? You just asked yeah. now a question. Will you call up tomorrow, Ave? My whole family just heard no, the question. No, now no, you have no. to remove it. No, I want you to I be really clear. We are not gonna, I, I, I can hear the trauma. Man. Do you know how we've had people calling and literally being blaming us? And it will not be removed. I just want you to be clear. Whatever you're going to say now, chances are you have family members listening. They're going to tell them to listen. Are you ready? Um, yeah, because I, I don't think he's a bad man or that whatever, anything. I'm just thinking Good, so I just want you to be aware of the actually. question. You're continuing now at your responsibility. It will not be. This is a public forum. It will not be removed. Okay. Good. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so the story is that he's a very good man, okay, but he's not really, he probably has some OCD or something, or I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't want to label what his issue is, but whenever he leaves the house and leaves my sister there with the baby, he always tells her, 
um, like make sure the baby doesn't get hurt, make sure whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's my issue that I feel Why that way. Why do you call that I abuse? Why do you call that abuse? I, abuse is a strong word. I don't know because I feel like the message my sister is getting is that you're a babysitter of this baby and I don't trust you with your own child. Okay, oh. hold on. Yeah. Oh. Now, what happens if she takes it? What happens if she takes it differently? My husband is very worried. He has anxiety and he loves the kids so much that he's asking me to watch the kids, and whenever he leaves, he calls me 20 times a day. I have a husband that calls me to make sure everything is okay. What happens if she looks at it as a husband that really respects and loves her and loves the kids? All right, so I don't like that. That's right. Rav what did you want to say? Hold on. I, but I, I, I got involved. Rav what do you want to say? <laughs> I just, you know, it says that, that, that you're assuming it. Is, I, first of all, I, I, I would say I, maybe I will be rude. Who some who, who gave you the 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 the, the analyze to analyze what what he has you know just really it's just a professional guys and it's really a very very uh, scary to be a parent a father is is a young I understand is a young father this is 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 the first baby mm-hmm. yes. Yes. As, uh, I, as as a father, and with with all the respect, I would like to know to see. Okay, keep the baby. I don't know how many years. Maybe many, they had problem with get, getting uh, uh, and a pregnancy. Maybe it's 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 right, it's, right. it's issue. So uh, he, he really concerned about his baby, you know. So he he, he just said, you know. Please, my wife, keep eye on a baby. I, 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 you know, it's not that he doesn't trust her. The opposite is just show that he caring about it. You know, who knows what kind of this baby? Uh, how many years they're waiting for this baby? I don't know. It's, 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 uh, the name of the baby is symbolized for him is is his grandparents or something. Like this, you know. It's something with you cannot get into the brain of this person unless you really is a is therapist or something that really that you analyzed analyze uh, analyze the the person. But it's not fair to do this. Right. It. I. I guess it's only my issue because I discussed it with my mother. Like, and she told me it's your issue. He's he's not doing anything wrong. That's why I wanted to hear what you think. Yep. We focus on ourselves first. Okay, thank you. Excellent. You're very welcome. Okay. We'll go to, uh, this is, will be the our last, Mrs. G. Okay. Okay. Okay, Mrs. Good G. Good evening. How are you? Oh, wonderful, Baruch Hashem. I've been listening for a long time, and I'm going to refer to the woman, I don't remember what you called her, who you had a very lengthy conversation with about her therapy, yeah. her therapy of sessions of therapy and yeah. she um, from what I picked up seems to be a very normal woman with perhaps some insecurities and trusting issues and you said and I, I'm sorry, I had, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I don't agree with you that she needs to examine her, her, her parents and the way she was brought up I'm and not going or, to embellish on or. this and or I said she went through trauma. Hold on. And or she went through trauma. Mm-hmm. Well, Either I just, one. I think that's something you should know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Um, we are raising a generation of young adults who are out there blaming their parents for every single problem that they have. It has become so severe, and I'm wondering if you've heard about this, 
that there are Rabbanim taking um, young married adults, I don't mean young teenagers, I mean, you know, 20s and 30s, and recommending that they leave their therapy groups, which are in many communities in our area, and they're recommending strongly that they leave because there are therapists turning their clients against their parents. They're very normal, happy, healthy families, and many adults, many, as right, you know. Now, can we stop here a second? Can we stop here because I really can't hold back anymore. I can't hold back Problem. anymore. I was discussing in the ATED, there's, I, I write there, there's a column for therapists over there. There are several therapists. I'm one of the weekly therapists that write in that column. And in the ATED, I'm extremely disappointed that people are writing and the readers write exactly your comment. Therapists are separating children from their parents, married people. And I want you to know, and I'm a therapist, and I'll address it the way I've addressed it in the column several times, what normal, healthy, from therapist that most likely has children would do that they would separate people in their 20s and 30s, eh? And what healthy, what healthy 20-, 30-year-old would be going to therapists if everything was a-okay and if their parents are wonderful? No, if someone would tell me, leave your parents, your parents are crazy, I'll tell me you're crazy and you move on. So let me share with you my conclusion. And from my experience of working with thousands of people, we are second and third generations of the Holocaust. We unfortunately imagine someone which are the greatest people out there. The Holocaust survivors have built up Klau Yisrael. At the same time, there were traumas of surviving the Holocaust, traumas of seeing your parents killed right in front of you, those that couldn't connect, those that connected too much, where they lived through their children, and there's no room to breathe. And yes, me as a therapist, I'm the one that they're coming to us to try to help heal when the parents and the in-laws are not healthy, second and third generation. And as much as you're saying there are abundance that tell people to leave certain groups or maybe certain therapists or two, why aren't you referring to the other way? There are hundreds of abundance today that almost everyone is referring to therapists. And now you've got to be acknowledged. It hurts me when someone places a call, what you're doing, because I feel you're setting therapy back another 30 years to what we were in the past. Is there a rotten apple or two? I'm sure. Are there a, a rub or two that say don't go to a certain therapist? I'm sure. But our majority of the rub on them sending to therapists, our majority of the people going to therapy and growing, yes, are there very unhealthy people in Yisrael? Let me be the first one to bust your bubble. Yes. And there are major sick stuff that are going on. Manipulation, control. Kids going off the derech. People don't want to know the word Yisrael. People that are saying, I want to love Yiddishkeit, but I can't because of the way my parents forcing it and shoving it. People that can't have a relationship with their spouses because their parents are calling 20 times a day and telling them what to do. Parents that don't have a say in their own children, how to raise their children, how to raise their own grandchildren, because their parents are still there. And when a therapist says the most normal, healthy thing, which usually any licensed therapist, if they would ever have parent, kids separate from their parents, it will be with a DAS tire working along. We've had times where we had to have parents and kids make a separation for times. Yes, I myself have been involved in them. Every single time it has been with a rough. 
Now those parents don't like those Rabbanim either. They are qualified, highly qualified Rabbanim in this field. All right, now that I said that, you could continue. <laughs> um, everything you said is valid. Everything you said is valid. I'm obviously not, I can't possibly talk from the experience of the thousands and thousands of people who have been helped. Obviously, I'm calling because I am the victim. I am the parent whose child was convinced by a group of brainwashers that there was something wrong with her family. Now, now, do I say I was a perfect parent? No, of course not. There's, I don't think there's such a thing. But it did ever occur to anyone that when a girl gets married at 19 and has three children by the time she's 22 and she's supporting a working husband and she has a house to take care of and a car to take care of and she has to look good all the time and her children have to look good all the time and the meals have to be home cooked and her husband doesn't believe in socializing or going out too much because they're religious. Isn't it possible there are other stresses in life that's making a young lady unhappy when she grew now, up? let's stop a second. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let's take exactly that issue. <laughs> if, if I was a client, watch this, I'm a therapist. A client comes in to me and tells me as follows. I'm 22. I have three children. There's no money. And you know what the client is talking about all day? My mother does not stop telling me how bad my husband is. My mother doesn't stop telling me how Hashem shouldn't have sent me three kids so early. My mother does not stop telling me how my husband should go to work. And she says, but I'm happy with my choices I'm making with my husband. And then we start working session after session, discuss it with your mother. Tell your mother it's your choices. Ask your mother, can we please talk about other topics? Can we not talk about my husband? Can we just talk about the grandchildren? And my mother is only attacking me. And after we even say, can we bring your mother in for a session? Can we do a joint session in our center? Way before you disconnect, you try to bring the parent in. They go, oh, my parent refuses to come. They won't want to listen. Speak to a rub. See if you could get maybe your father to speak to your mother to tell her, please let go. And then you go to the house, and my mother's still insulting my husband. My husband doesn't want to go anymore to my parents' house. Now I'm stuck between my mother telling me, your husband's abusing her. But I'm with my husband. It's my mother that was always tough on me, and I couldn't wait to get out of the house. And that's what we hear in the therapist's office. I'm not saying this is you. I want, I want to I'm say just something. saying, are you encouraging your daughter and saying, daughter, you're 22 years old, you're making choices, I am supporting you, and if you need help, I'm here for you. Have you done that? Could I, could I write a book about it? I could write a book about it. I don't live near well, them. Well, let me ask you, if you're involved. supportive of her, why would she want to disconnect? I supported their choices. We supported them financially and emotionally. Great. Then what's the need but, to But they, she what's ended up in one reason? of those groups with very renowned groups. Well, I'll mention the, the name. What would a group say? Let's I happen to know of a horrible group, and no, I don't want anyone to text me, and I'll never say what. I know a horrible group out there. That's it. But you even got a it. horrible group, the people have to have what to say about it. What negative comment can your daughter possibly say when she's married with three children about her, an amazing mother that's calling up? You're such a wonderful person. Now, what can she complain? People do not disconnect from parents if they did things in the past. People disconnect from parents when they're still currently doing something. What do you think she could be saying about you today that she feels she needs to disconnect from you? I have said I haven't been there, so I don't know. I can just tell no, you that. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. That's what we do in therapy. So let's say you're my client because we have clients that come to us saying that children don't want to open up to them, children don't want to talk to them. And what we make them identify is tell me five weaknesses that you have that your five weaknesses 
might be affecting that children don't want to come to you. Or I don't want to burst your I don't want to burst your bubble, but she also pulls away from some friends, from her in-laws, and from her siblings, and um, from her neighbors. So you're talking about something much more complicated than the average. Then let's try something else. And is there something majorly wrong with her husband? I don't know. Not that we saw. Let's understand. Well, things don't make sense, because why would he disconnect from his parents or from his in-laws? Maybe it's him and not I don't the, know. It's very complicated. Group. I really didn't call to expect you to shed too much light on a very complicated and lengthy okay. situation. Okay. I so what I would like to clarify is groups in itself, and I would like to shed my opinion, groups on its own does not have the power to remove someone from their parents, from their in-laws, and from their friends. They don't. They yeah. did. A therapist does not have that power either. Well, they don't. They We're not and a very powerful. renowned Rav, and I don't want to say the name, got involved and um, told them to, throw, to dismiss us from the group because they saw what was happening and well, it was happening okay. to other people. Okay, the, so let me ask you, now that they're out of the group, are they coming back to you? Not yet. Okay, not yet. I, w- I want to jump over and tell you the truth. That uh, it's it's very I know that it's a very painful painful to the parents very very painful to parents that the kids blame them after they did so much for them all the years growing them up and it's it's really big like you know but I I wouldn't put it on a therapist I can I can point many cases that I know also some cases that the rabbis was uh, the, the the accelerator or the guy the uh, starting digging and the parents for example parents that wasn't uh, not 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 from and the kids become become from and this is very painful issue you know it's i i can show you uh, family that falling apart only because of this issue that the kids become from and the parents are not from and the rabbi told him that disconnect yourself and this is a big mistake and that's the 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 all the all the idea of the parents is right now and i i would suggest to you and suggest this try to call once once in a while how are you how is your children how are we doing uh, i love you i still yeah. care about you you know even you don't think so but we still love you and keep 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 running uh, and this you know it's very important the kids know that you care about them and yes i would say I I did uh, for in in your eyes I did mistake I admit I apologize I did a mistake when growing up whatever you think about me but right now you adults you have your own children think about your children when they grow up and blame you what what uh, that and this and how much energy and how much effort you put in your kids and put them I believe it will be uh, working because any parents, any mother, any father that raising a kids with all the art and giving the all art and soul to raise the kids, and you find very big disappointing to see the kids backing up. Uh, Actually, you know, can I get involved again? I would like to first apologize. I felt I responded from a place of hurt, and I guess that, that's why I respond that way. Although I agree with everything that I said, I first would like to take the question um, or shift it more to you and say the pain, as Rav Nissen just said, and I feel him speaking sort of gave me again the balance. Um, from him speaking, the pain, I can't imagine anything more painful than that. Having a child that's healthy, as Rav Nissen said, you put everything into the children, 
and then some negative people or negative situations comes and then rips them away from you when you're innocent, when you're a good person, and they shift almost all the blame onto you when you're, let's say, you're a great parent. There can be nothing more frustrating and angry than that, investing so much in children and the sleepless nights. And you still worry. You're still a parent. The minute she wants to come back, you'll take her with open arms. And to, for that to be ripped away, I want you to know there's almost no excuse for that. And the except perhaps, is immense. Except perhaps, I won't. except perhaps types of mentalness, that's the only thing that never existed ever, 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 not even in the least bit ever before. But I'm intelligent yeah. to know that yes, things happen. Yes, I would like you to know I've gotten a lot of messages where people were sending me messages saying, that they they have similar experiences to what you're saying, but saying as follows: when those groups are not run by licensed therapists, which do not let anger, which do not let blame in those groups, so to be aware. So I got some messages of people saying, please be aware that if a group is not run by a licensed therapist, then it can turn into a negative energy. So yes, that is something that people need to be aware of as well. I, I just will tell someone, someone just asked me to mention the other way that they're so hurt by your words because they feel that their parent is a personality disorder and their parent speaks just like you, not able to identify their weaknesses, how they're, much pain they're causing to so many different people, and they're still in denial and they're still blaming therapists for the children. So I'm just going to just generally share with you all the information that's being generated from the question. I'm now, sorry to interrupt. But but like I said, um, a well-renowned rabbi in the neighborhood went right. and tried to close this group down and took people out of it. So of course, your yeah. listeners don't know me. I understand that. I don't expect them right. to know anything about me. But That's just right. so you know, I yes. point to my so call I would like to agree was with you that when I went for well. I went yeah. to some group counseling for people who had emotional eating issues, and the first thing the person, the social worker, said was to the group. Okay, let's talk about how your parents handled food. Okay, fine. So people did. She harped and harped and harped on how our parents caused us to be overweight. I still think that when it comes a point in life when you're a grown-up, you have to take responsibility for yourself and stop blaming your parents because they either gave you too much food or too little food or whatever it might have been. I still think that comes a point in life, even if parents, you know, made those mistakes that you have to take some responsibility and the blame game just partially seems pointless my mom is an 88 year old we do not focus on the blame game blame her that i have pounds on me hold on you've just brought up another subject can we clarify i feel like you're sharing a subject but let's go to the point i wanted to focus on so let me share with you what i deal with clients when they come in saying exactly what you've said that children have disconnected from them even if people have ripped them away the suggestion, I don't know if you'll be able to do it. You don't have to answer any of these questions, but these are the suggestions that we offer. And that is, let's say we are 99% correct, but there's 1% that we did have a part, and that 1% is still continuing to have that negative part in us. So in therapy, what we do is we help identify. So we would have you come in, list five issues that you have within yourself, and those if, still might affect people that are interacting with us means let's say your daughter comes back to you, should we daven that she should. And you and let's say they were able to those groups were able to say your mother is let's say too opinionated. Just give that a classical example. 
and you're still very strong, which you don't sound that way. It means you're able to listen, you're able to clarify. That's why I'm picking a topic that it does not sound like you, okay? But I don't know you, and I've never spoken to you before. So let's just take this actual step. So let's understand that let's say you're opinionated, and then you get back together, and all of a sudden she'll make a statement, oh, my kid isn't feeling well, and they'll go, oh, you must take him now to the doctor. And right away she goes, you see, I was never able to have my own opinion, and she's... <laughs> so what we help a parent recognize, what are some of your weaknesses, and continue growing. And now when your daughter might say, oh, my kid isn't feeling well, and you'll say, well, I trust you to come up with the right ideas or the right solutions, and you won't start with her. You're going to start with friends or people currently in your life. And as those people start saying, wow, you're changed, when your daughter comes back and those, the old dance, which people fall into that dance, will now be changed because you had skill and practice in other places. So this is my suggestion to you. Yes, the groups might have ripped your daughter away. Yes, the Rabbanim are trying to get those away. If you want, we can discuss the next point after this. Why do therapists talk about the past? We can focus on that. We definitely can discuss that. And there's a very logical reason why, scientifically proven why we need to talk about the past and the parents, but not that we harbor and we blame. We need to be able to recognize where certain problems, we can get into that. So let's first focus on you. My suggestion is out of care that you find a place you feel safe. If the Rav has either a therapist that's good or an Askin of the Rav that's disbanding that group, means you trust that Rav. Ask them, who is someone that you can go to to help you or self-grow or your husband, whichever one or both of you, that when your daughter comes back, that you should be different people as well on a certain level. That's my recommendation that I have for everyone. You can choose to take it or not. They're all okay. Now they all make, it definitely makes sense. Absolutely everything you're saying makes sense. I've just, you know, my point to begin with, you know, going back to the beginning, wasn't that I don't believe in exploring, you know, the past and the way children were brought up in the home. I'm talking about blaming and saying all my stress and all my pressures and all my problems have to do with the way I was brought up. And before we end the call, I just want to tell you, if I could, if I could change anything, it would be to bring my father back again and to tell yeah. him that I never, ever meant to blame him well, I don't think I ever said it, but let's say in my mind felt he was too strict or whatever it was. As an adult, I would love to change that because in my heart I know that my parents did every single thing that they could to love us and take care of us. But I was the same silly teenager as many others who probably felt sometimes that, you know, he was either too tough or didn't talk to me the way I liked. And as an adult, when I started to think, oh, I do this because my father did it, I yell because my father did it, I wish I could take that back and change it. Because I really think that the main thing of therapy should be to help children realize, especially if they were lucky to grow up in a very normal and loving home, is to maybe, you know, dissect that a little bit. And perhaps there were other things going on, school, friends, health, finances, Yiddishkeit, the pressure to get married young, the pressure to date young, the pressure to go to seminary, the pressure to look good. I mean, there are a lot of things in people's life other than just what mom says every morning. So, yes, of course, there are dysfunctional homes. That's right. Homes so let's go into that again. Let's, let's stop. Let's understand. I feel 
your case is from the either there she's gone to a horrible group that's not run by a license, or you've gone to a group where the person's inexperienced, but no therapist will be able to see clients, just talk about the parents, because clients won't talk about their current issues. I'm just sharing with you from experience. So unless your daughter's coming and sharing about you, or about your husband, or about how unhealthy the house is, they're going to be wanting to talk about their husband, their kids, the current day-to-day issues. I just want you to be aware. People come in for 35 minutes to 45 minutes, and they're attacking us. Why don't I see results quicker? So if someone comes and saying, my kid isn't going to sleep, and then the therapist starts going, let's talk about your mother. They're going, but I'm talking about that I'm not sleeping now, or the kids aren't going to sleep. The only time therapists will go over and over is if many times they are bringing up the issue. So again, you're sharing about examples as a therapist. Either it's a beginner therapist or someone with no ex- or not licensed sometimes will do that. But I can't imagine, like, or a group where it's not run well. Just to share some more comments we got. Tell this lady that my, my rabbi told me to be very respectful to my parents, but share the least with them. So there are Rabbanim, which understand that sometimes parents could have issues, but still connect with them, not to completely disconnect. So again, there are people that are going to Rabbanim, dealing with issues. We need to deal with them. And with Hashem's guidance, we will get there. I want to thank you for your call. I'll just yeah. read one more message that we got. Hey, I was in therapy about family issues, and I went from being my parents' most distant child to their best child with an amazing relationship, healthy balance. After identifying where my unhealthiness was with my parents, accepting it, learning how not to repeat it, and learning to deal with them and connect with boundaries. In a nutshell, this was the answer. So I want you to know that healthy parents, healthy therapists teach you how actually to connect. And that's a lot, and that's what our goal is. No one has gone into the therapy business, as far as I know, the therapy line because they want to hurt and separate Hasashom children from their parents. We're healers. We want to devote our life to healing. That's what we're doing. And unfortunately, in those few small instances, do we need to bring up, does there need to be a disconnection? Most of the time, almost all the time, we can continue doing it with a healthy boundary. And so a healthy boundary could just be, I care about you. Or hi, Ma, just speak 10 minutes once a week. Even if it's that small, but some connection, we never want to disconnect. That's the last rule ever. In fact, every type of therapy is about healing the inner child and repairing the child or father-child relationship. So just as a therapist, that's what we recommend, and that's our goal. Work through the relationship. Do not disconnect, but set boundaries. And I'm sad from your case and sad for the people that did write in the Atteda Reader's Rights. The pain that was there was terrible. And to those people that aren't experienced, I'd like to say it, and for those that aren't licensed and those that are licensed that don't have experience in this field, and those that are licensed that do not work with Rabbanim, I would just say shame on you. You are dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with people's emotions. You're affecting families. If you're not experienced, you're not working with a Rav, please get out of the field. That's the only thing I can say. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I really do. That's something a little risky for you to say on the radio, and I appreciate it. Yes, and I would say it publicly as many times as needed. If you're not experienced, disconnecting a child from their parents can be from the riskiest steps out there. The hate, the pain that has been to the entire family, the disconnect. You don't have experience, and that's why I always tell people that we need Askanim. We need life coaches. 
but everyone needs to know their level, just as a therapist. Like we had before the caller about the, three, the, the, the twins that are three years old. Should they be in the same class? Should they not be? I don't have experience in that. And anyone in our center knows how often we deal with Rabbanim. Probably, I would say, five, six, seven times a week, we're dealing with different Rabbanim as well as doctors and psychiatrists or referring to other therapists which have more experience in that area. I am not afraid, and in our center, we are very confident sending to another therapist. And we always tell the clients, we're not sending you away. Our door is open. You just need someone with more experience in this field. The clients will attest to that. And to therapists that you're separating parents from their children because you don't have experience, you don't have supervision, you're not working with a rov, you are doing damage and get out. And if you're an Askin or a look at the Damon coach and you're doing the same thing, stop. Stop what you're doing. If you're running a group that you don't have experience in this field or you're calling from your own personal pain and parents and too many people are disconnecting around you, stop what you're doing. And I would say That's to the, the only kids, thing the I can kids, say. I but if you are experienced, if you do know what you're doing, you do have guidance, you are working with a rav, you are working with a spouse, and they're with you, and that's your field. And if it has to be as a last-case scenario, and you've done all the checks, means all the safety systems, you've discussed it with a rav, both, both husband and wife is agreeing to the process. We're understanding that it's short-term. We're understanding we're looking to heal. We're understanding that the kid or this child now, because it could be a child in their 40s that start needing to disconnect or set boundaries with their parents. That's needed sometimes. But if that is happening, then please do so with the intention and explain to the family that you're disconnecting short-term this way that, uh, with the goal to reconnect. I, I would I would oh. add one one more thing the kids sure, the, themselves we'll the kids themselves yeah. you know you have to remember first of all the one basic uh, rule in our in in the adult is akarata tov to anyone that doing to you even raise you up and I would say this very very uh, important to understand that whatever your parents did to you so called did to you or not did you you have to look now forward because you were going to raise a new family. And take you know take the the case of Eshet Lot Eshet Lot she'll start looking back she become like a rock and a bitter rock you cannot do it you have to, a responsibility to grow up and continue to raise your fa- a new family a better as in your eyes a better never never ever disconnect yourself from the parents and I, and I'm saying this is very important to to raise a new generation. With, with a good attention. Yep. Amen. Okay. Hatzlacha. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks. Thank you for giving us an extra hour for doing this program. Thank you. And really, it's something amazing, this program. I think that we achieved a lot of... Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of siyata deshmaya tonight. A lot of siyata deshmaya. Thank you, Ramodachai. Good night. Good night.